Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. This morning, I want to teach on what we have tied to the God moment. And that's the title of our message or the theme for the service today, the God moment. Praise the Lord. And by the grace of God, I would be sharing with us some very important things um, that we need to understand as we prepare for the conference. It's very powerful, it's very important and very necessary. But before I do that, I want to talk about something that the Lord laid in my heart. And that is very powerful in itself. Oh, I can see the obsess is dark. Praise the Lord. And some years ago, I think about four years ago, I think it's about four years ago, thereabouts, you know, um, something started in this country, or not just even in Nigeria alone, I think it was around the nations of the earth, but it was more in Nigeria that we saw that rave. And I would talk a bit about it, and from there, I would build on what I want to talk about this day. About four years ago, we started to see a trend, both online, offline, every line, the grace message being taught. And while that message in itself is a complete doctrine, and while that message is very powerful, all right. Can I just leave it on? Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. All right. While that message was very powerful, and while that message was great, um, and the message in itself didn't have any fault in it, it was a wisdom of God or a dimension of God that was passed across to a generation. Please help me increase this a little bit more. Thank you. So I don't strain my body. And in the fairness of that message, while that message was so good, a lot of people got healings through that message. A lot of people got blessed. A lot of people understood who they were in Christ. In fact, I really do think that that message helped a number of people to have a strong understanding about their righteousness in God. The fact that righteousness is a gift from God. That message was so good and well, and I want to say some very, very sensitive things here this morning. Very, very sensitive things. 
but it is necessary so that we can build towards the next conference. This morning, what I want to do is to prepare us as a church for the conference and our expectation to be wrapped ready for the conference. So, this message, the grace message, while it is God's message in itself, a number of people that act on to that message, and just so you know, the same way there is trend online, there is actually spiritual trends too. So, the same way someone starts up a silhouette challenge in somewhere like one end of the country, it's not working. Okay. Can anyone hear me? All right. Because I feel like I'm straining my voice. Can everyone hear me? Say they can't hear me. But wait. Ah. ah. Did these people use something for me? And I said, yeah. You that you're in front, yeah. <laughs> or maybe it's because it's here. This is our protocol. I'm just looking at me till I fix it up. The new protocol. But what, they can give me like five gallons of water to drink. <laughs> Pastor Daddy, may the Lord bless you. Ah, why are you saying amen for your husband? I didn't say the short on word. I said, Pastor Ladi, may the Lord bless you. <laughs> Amen. All right. So, I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> okay, now, there, there is, um, the same way we have the silhouette challenge and people just jump on trains that they know nothing about. They just see, oh, it looks good, and they just jump on it. In the same way, in the body of Christ, we have spiritual trends. So somebody hears a message that sounds deep and cuts across like revelation, then without studying the doctrine, without understanding the borders of that scripture or that message, they go ahead and teach it, and they teach it with so much strength as though they understand it and they pass it across to a generation. Let me share something with you guys. The person, the battle of life is the battle of airspace. The person who gets the airwaves or the airspace wins the battle. And that is why the Bible says the devil is called the prince of the power of the air. And so what these people did at the time where they were big online, on social media, used every platform to teach the grace message without the balance of that message. And in as much as that message was great in itself, a lot of people got to know Christ, a lot of people understood that they are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But the problem was, many people swung to the other side of the pendulum. Such that the message now became an opportunity to be a believer but yet be a sinner. Have you ever seen that kind of a thing? It became an opportunity to call yourself to identify as a believer, but yet an unbeliever. And so all sort of nonsense was spread across the nations. And the idea of holiness 
the wisdom of God that brethren holiness in the first place, which is God himself, the dimensions of God was now reclined to one side as though the entirety of God is the grace message. Who is the grace message self? Jesus is the grace message. Jesus is the grace. So you hear people say stupid things, and part of my, my use of words today, because I'm going somewhere with this, because I'm going to call names, so. That retreat people made me to go. It is, uh, amen? I'm going to break all the table that is left. Matter of fact, you meet me in Bahamas. If they want to come and carry me. <laughs> amen. That's why I, like, I love Crefford Dollar. Crefford Dollar one time, I was listening to a message of Crefford Dollar. He talked about how he will say all that he needs to say because he has a gold trimmed private jet. So if they are going to come, they will enter his jet and take off. So pastors that don't have private jet should not say too much, but me, I have private. <laughs> I mean, but if they're going to come and carry me, the new guys, will you allow them to carry me? Uh, that's why you will know Peter. <laughs> this life, uh, I'm with you. I'm at your back. Just keep going. Listen, the only person that is Oromoni Shefaya T is God. If you have man at your back, you are going to fall. But you have the strong tower himself. If you put faith in man, some of you finish school now, your uncle told you that, just finish. <laughs> Did they tell you, just finish? Are you to just say, I have uncle in shell. You are not reading, you are not doing anything, you just finish. You are still just home. <laughs> so you don't trust man. Say it, I don't trust man. No, wait, wait, wait. Let's balance that. Because... Believers now, they will take that one to another side of the pendulum. I don't, I don't, that's not what we are saying. When we are talking about trust, we are talking about faith. The possibilities of who can do. If man does anything for you, it is God that's done it through them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So it's not that you don't trust, uh uh uh. Not that you're not be working on Eshel. <laughs> you have to learn to trust people. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You trust people. But you don't put your trust in them. Did you hear what I said? All right, let me go back to the grace message. Now, as fantastic as that message was, people went to the first side of the pendulum. And so you hear people say, Oh, God has, Jesus has fasted for you, so you don't need to fast again. And there were many people who were doing that. Oh, grace covers it all. The time you are feeling a prompting in your spirit to pray, but you are feeling as though at the same time, because you have the great message, you have covered up the prompting that the Holy Spirit, who is coming and bringing the dispensation of grace, you are now saying to the Holy Spirit, I don't really need to pray, grace covers it all. Grace himself fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Grace himself told his disciples, when ye fast, grace himself went to pray and went to fast. He taught them how to pray. He taught them how to grace himself, Jesus. And do not sit right here in this room this morning thinking that somewhere in your subconscious that message didn't have a great impact on you. Now, remember what I said. I am not saying that message is not complete. That's not what I'm saying. In the church, we do grace culture as a ministry. So that's not what I'm talking about. 
I'm talking about the fact that there is a balance of understanding. You know what Paul said? He said, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He said, God forbid. So people, I mean, I heard all sorts when we went to Ife about how some people were able summoning the Holy Spirit with this great sort of things. And we missed what God wanted to do with that message with our generation. Because every move of God in every generation has something it came to do. When the faith move was going on, it did something. When the healing revival was going on, it did something. When the grace moved, and that's what the devil always does. Whenever the devil sees the handwriting of God doing something, this is exactly what we did with Adam and Eve. The moment he saw that God had blessed them, he came for them. That's it. Every generation. So you see a believer who says, it's okay for me to lose all my moral spiritual standards but yet I can prophesy you know why grace covers it you see a lady in church who comes to church prays but goes out there we don't really call it you know prostitution anymore it's more like we're just going it's not even runs babe it's more like I like him I like her but it's serial prostitution which means you sleep from one person today, you sleep another person today, you sleep another person with another person today, you sleep with another person today. I just like all of them. We are dating. It's, they call it dating, but it's prostitution. Listen, let's call it spade what it is. <laughs> and we all can, can come to church and lift up holy hands, and while God doesn't hate you for that, while God loves you for that, there comes a time as believers we ought to mature. That's right. We ought to mature. Can you see me now? I tell the protocol I'm hungry, I want to drink water. And they go and bring food in bottle and put water inside. And while they give it to me to drink, I will not carry it and pour it on his head and pour it with his wife's head and pray for them. <laughs> the wife said, Which one concerns me now with this man? Praise the Lord. Let me give you a few things just before I get into it. How do you know when your it's a litmus test. How do you know when your spiritual thermometer has blown? Like Ozi Baje. How do you know? When you get into a hospital, no matter what age you are, before the doctor operates on you, they have to do vitals. They have to check your vitals. Yes or no? Doctors, am I correct? Well, in America or London? You know, Nigeria. <laughs> They'll just look at you. Ah, this one is HIV and AIDS. This one. They don't test Jack. They like this. Hospital, Nigeria hospital. COVID, man. They're like this. Nigeria's too. Ah, may the Lord help us. Nigeria's too. Do you like this? Okay, what are you looking for there? 
<laughs> I remember when we were on campus, a particular girl was gisting me about how she went to OAUCH to go and do um, a, a test. She was having malaria and all that. Said so the moment the nurse saw her, said that she come, that she first asked to go and do pregnancy test first. <laughs> but normally we have to check vitals, and when we check the vitals, when we see the readings, then we can depict or know what is the problem right there. And when we know the problem, then we can know how to solve the problem. Number one, how do you know when you don't have a great balance of this grace message or your spiritual thermometer is already having a problem? Number one, you are going to lose taste for prayers. Wait, today is, you know, I've been teaching for the past few weeks now about the heart. Today, don't move too much. You'll just, if I were you, this I'll sit today all through service. Just gum there. The moment you lose taste for prayers, it's a sign, it's a sign that your spiritual weight, somebody is taking it off you. I'll give a very good example. You come to church, and they start leading prayer. And at the moment they are leading prayer, you are waiting for them to finish the prayer so that they can sing worship. Am I talking to people here? No, 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 don't move too much today. Don't move. Just be drinking your ice water. You know, there's ice water, there's cold water. <laughs> Where prayer no longer becomes something exciting for you. That is a sign. You know, let me just work with this. Praise the Lord. Aha. That is a sign that there is an ongoing battle with your spiritual life. And listen to me. The ongoing battle is not joke. It's warfare. It's an ongoing battle. You don't feel like praying. You don't feel like praying. You don't feel like doing anything. You wake up and the first thing that says, you know, grace has covered it. Even Jesus... The Bible says many times he would go somewhere and hide himself there and pray then reveal himself back to his disciples. When prayer no longer becomes something that is burning in your soul, know that your spiritual thermometer is on 0.00. And when your body is hot and they use your prayer, it will shoot up. It means spiritually you're having a headache. You don't feel like praying. You just lose thirst for prayer. It's an indication. You know why? Because man is a spirit. It has a soul and it lives in a body. The spirit of a man gets our feeding from spiritual exercises. Number one. Number two. Fasting. Let me tell you something. I think, oh, my thoughts it is not in the scriptures but my thought i think that if a believer goes one month without fasting at least twice or three times at least i think that they have knocked on your door sorry they have gotten you just don't know <laughs> i'm telling you i mean why would you go three months and listen it's not because you are fighting any battle 
Because many times when we talk about fighting, I'm, I'm, I'm fasting, many of us think it's warfare. It's when I want to kill the devil or when I want to, you know, there's no problem with me so I don't need to fast. No, fasting doesn't even help you kill the devil. The devil has been killed already. Amen? Fasting doesn't help you do that. Fasting helps you stay sensitive to the Holy Spirit. It is what is required as a believer. When you fast, it just helps you get your attention on him to say, I'm going to forget of food, forget all of those things. And just stay with him. One time, I think this was January, February, thereabouts. If they bring Asu, I will eat. If they bring, like Jumoke now, uh -huh, the way she eats a lot, Abi, uh -huh, she will eat. If they bring, I will eat. If they bring, I will eat. Do you know what the Lord told me? He said, food is for strength not for pleasure wait some of us cannot understand that because even me I still can't understand uh, which one is for strength I should not be eating like American people but when you realize or when you see yourself that you're not fasting then you know that is a problem number three when this is very powerful. When you sin, you know those sins, some of that, that you sin some kind of sin that makes you cry. And you're sober, you feel so bad, you say, God, forgive me, I just did this. And you commit that kind of sin and you don't feel bad. It's a sign that there's something going on in your life. Glory to God. Number four. Giving. When you realize that you stopped giving, you know that there's a problem with you. This is what I want to anchor on this morning. One of the things that happened with the grace message was that we then swung to another side of the pendulum where a lot of people now believed that it is okay to do every other spiritual exercise or probably not do any of them but don't give and because that was what was taught the people who taught that thing without balance and understanding taught it to another side And so people got so used to doing everything but giving. Let me say something to you, everyone, and please never forget this. Giving is a spiritual exercise. It's a spiritual exercise. And the generation that that thing affected the most was our generation. And one of the things that was attacked the most in that grace message that was pushed at that time was the giving 
lot of people just believe that oh it's not important to give anymore it's not, it's not, I, don't, I don't give tithe I give offering I give offering I don't give tithe I don't give the one I don't and that one was attacked the most and the Bible says while the earth remains seed time and harvest shall not cease this morning I'm speaking to you about how to prepare for an encounter and I want to show you a scripture that will make you see the power of seed and giving because as a generation we must understand that not everything you hear you take in hook like sinker fisherman and his fishing pole you must learn how to put balance to the doctrines let me say something to you guys Jesus is our template not any man so nobody can wake up from somewhere I almost said something but nobody can make wake up somewhere in US USA or America or London did give us this gospel they didn't write the Bible so how come they're the one determining what every one of us do the foundation of our faith is on the bedrock of Christ Christ died he rose again and we are now seated with him all the men of old, as moved by the Spirit of God, wrote the scripture, not USA. And so we must have that understanding. Especially in the area of giving. I'll tell you something, guys. This area was one of the most affected areas in that move. A lot of people just stopped it. And so... Turn your Bible with me to 1 Kings chapter 3. I want to show you something very powerful. Thank you, Lord. 1 Kings chapter 3. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God, amen. Praise God, hallelujah. Praise God, amen. Praise God, hallelujah. Well, let me just add this one. I just remembered I wrote this down here. One of the signs, and I need to say this, one of the signs to know that you're on a spiritual decline is when you catch yourself backbiting or gossiping. You know, now we have modern day gossip. Which, did I just say that? Which is telling someone, do you know that XXX has happened to this person? Say, oh, I didn't know. Oh, you didn't know? Oh, okay. Oh, wow. I thought you knew. But somewhere in your mind, you knew they didn't know. But you're trying to pass up why are you doing 419 with God, people? When you start seeing yourself chit-chatting, backbiting, I want to say it in Yoruba. Let me say it in Yoruba. Which means getting involved or saying things to something that doesn't have any business with you. And you start seeing that your love work is being affected. Then you know that you're on a spiritual decline. If Instablog is your best blog, I see some of you in the new. When I go on Instablog, I see your number of likes. I even see some comments. I'm just watching. 
Say, hey, see these people. <laughs> Don't get into gossip. Let me share something with you guys. In a season like this, you ought to be very sensitive. Run away from hate, gossip, and walk in love with all men in seasons like this. Somebody say, I hear. Somebody say, I hear. All right, turn your Bible with me to the book of 1 Kings chapter 3. Glory to God. 1 Kings chapter 3, and we'll read from verse 3. 1 Kings chapter 3. How to prepare for an encounter with God. I know that many of us, we've been taught that when you want to get an encounter, for example, a conference like next conference is coming, you pray, you fast, and while all of those things are true, there are other mysteries and other things that when you connect with, it prepares you for an encounter with him. And you can see that right here. First Kings chapter 3, verse 3. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statues of David his father. Only he sacrificed and burnt incense in high places. Next verse. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that there was a great high place. A thousand burnt offering did Solomon offer upon the altar. Next verse. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. Next verse. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he has walked before thee in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept, and thou hast kept for him thy great kindness, that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne, as it is this day. Next verse. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy, kings, thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child, and I know not how to go out or come in. Next verse. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen a great people that cannot be numbered or counted for multitude. Next verse. Give therefore thy servant an understanding how to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad, for who is able to judge this thy so great a people. Next verse. And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon has asked this thing. And the scripture shows us what happened with Solomon. Solomon took for himself a thousand point offering and offered it to God. And the moment he did that, the Bible says God showed up to Solomon in a dream of the night and asked him, what is it that I should do for you? Let me say something to you. Giving is a spiritual principle. And I know that in that move one of the things that was attacked was given and do not sit right here thinking that it attacked or affected some people but not you a number of us that thing affected a number of people and so we decided to stop how we give just because we don't want to feel a certain way or we are being taught by certain people who had no understanding of what they were teaching about and that affected let me tell you guys something. My message is very simple this morning. One of the best things you can do with God in times like this is to ask him, Lord, what are you doing in this season? 
and Lord what am I ought to give or what am I supposed to give to what you're doing I'm going to share some very powerful stories with you and this would help you understand some of these things number one whenever and you to lend this everyone please lend this whenever you can see the handwriting on the world and whenever God is doing anything in a generation one of the things you must do is number one open your heart to what God is doing number two ask the Lord how am I supposed to pass the pate in this and number three give to what God is doing and many people do not understand that Solomon had an encounter with God what made Solomon have an encounter with God is seeds the Bible says while the earth remains seed time and harvest shall not cease that's a principle of the kingdom by no man that's a principle of the kingdom every year from my campus days to now as a new year comes I ask the Lord Lord what is it that you want me to give this year every Sunday the Sunday I forget to do it in church the moment I remember it I transfer it as book to church and the seed I give last year is different from what I give this year that's how we grow these are spiritual exercises and it's something that we must restore back we must learn how to give and I'm not just talking to church alone but to even give people we have do you know that many believers are very stingy with God even with themselves when you see somebody listen I said something during the next um, um, wine press and I shared that with Lekki Church this morning if I come here this morning and I say that um, as a church we want to buy a new camera and the camera will cost 200,000 naira, and we just need people to sow towards the camera da, 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 to propagate the gospel of God what would happen is that many people would just say oh okay camera in their mind thinking that there are people in church that has the money so they will probably do it so people just give and say okay but if I stand right here again and I say that we want to have a party in church after the service everybody just drop something do you know that would have more people give for that than give for this you know why because our priorities shows us an indication of where our heart is this message this morning I don't want to go too much into it. I, when I was leaving Lekki this morning Daniel said to me that P.S. this is the shortest message you have ever preached and today's will be the shortest message I promise you if the Lord doesn't say other things that will make us go for another one hour but this will be a short message <laughs> but I'll tell you guys something look at me everyone please As you walk with God you must understand that maturity with him gets to a point where he begins to ask you for things that are bigger than you 
God looked at Abraham and God told Abraham give me thy only son it was God who gave Abraham the son so give me thy only son the Bible says Abraham took his son and offered him up God said okay pause don't do that anymore it was at that moment go and read the scripture God then cut a covenant with Abraham listen to me there is a difference between promise and covenant before that time God gave Abraham a promise but in that moment God cut a covenant with Abraham you know why it's given the Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 10 verse 32 about Colinius when the angel of the Lord showed up to Colinius what did the angel say he said your prayer and your words and your giving your prayer and your giving has come up to me what was the difference between Cain and Abel one brought a gift just oh just brought a gift another came with a sacrifice to God and I need you to understand that when we talk about giving we are not talking about in the number we are talking about in the heart and just like I always say you would see people now let's do a test my wife and I went out I think two weeks ago two or three weeks ago we're eating in the restaurant I think yeah so I paused and I said babe wait oh. <laughs> this is very funny I said babe wait oh. if we calculate how much we have spent on eating out this year ah that point I started renewing myself because if you think about it many of us we've spent to other things apart from the kingdom of God himself and then we say we love the Lord what are you giving to God what are you giving to God is your life your own or is for him this morning I want to call us into deeper and the deeper is to live beyond yourself what you have is not yours it's for God listen to me in a year as a church family and that's why I can say some of these things as a church family as a church we hardly even talk about giving and re I mean for like two years when the news started I never came up to this place to talk about it but I realized that I will be doing the church a disfavor if we don't teach people what we are practicing we don't teach people what we are practicing if we don't teach people what we are practicing glory be to God this morning I want you to make a fresh commitment to God in your heart about your giving to him look at me everyone I say it's unashamed or anything either you give or not the work of God would move on have I have we ever as a church come to this church and say please oh hey please give us oh hey if you don't give us the service is not hold next week oh hey you people please oh hey please, oh. <laughs> have you ever seen us do that see if you give or don't give next conference will be done and it will be done well 
these are spiritual principles that we must teach and listen the reason why many pastors in churches can't teach this again is because they are not comfortable to say I told them in Lekki one of the churches we used to go to before 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 this pastor every Sunday used to have prophecy for my father every Sunday hmm 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 one day they see demon on this side another killer day at the end of the service is recharge card though. recharge card the, the pastor wants to collect so the, <laughs> the reason why some of people can say some of these things is because it's dependent nobody here needs your money for anything nobody but you see when we give to God how many of you give sometimes and it excites you it excites you the best of life is a life lived by giving to others and I'm not just talking about giving oh, thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord look at me everyone thank you Lord oh thank you Lord look at me everyone please I need your attention for this this is very powerful give to God sow seed but there was a side that I feel like the church haven't really spoken a lot more about and that is giving to your biological parent we've spoken about give offering give tithes well that is great give to your man of God that is great but many times we've not spoken about biological parent I want to ask every one of you to do this today today even if it's 500 naira recharge card sent to your parents the heavens will open for you honor your father and your mother that's what the bible says if i come here and do like this you see how people will be bringing dollar money everything you have to prioritize some of you you're working now your parents are at home they don't have anything to eat but you are spending 5k to drink tapioca tapioca no give to your parent I've finished my sermon <laughs> we hope you were greatly blessed by today's message because God still has so much he wants to share with you so stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in His presence.